Hey, howdy, hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Black and Animated Podcast. You excited? I know I am. We've got another interview for you today. We talked to story artist and illustrator Lorraine Great. This one is very exciting because Lorraine dishes out some words of wisdom regarding school and following what you're truly passionate about in your career. As a reminder, you can connect with other listeners of the podcast in our Facebook group. We post job opportunities, fun tidbits, and share events. Link in the description. Also, if you have any questions or comments you want to throw our way, you can hit us up at blackandanimated at gmail.com. Now, without further ado, the great Lorraine Great. Hey guys. Hey everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Black and Animated Podcast. That's right. This is, uh, I feel like that happens every That's right. <laughs> like, the long pause, oh yeah, this is the Black and Animated Podcast. Like, we're here. Yeah, like what? <laughs> Who is what? this? Wait, hold on. <laughs> but hey everyone, yeah, welcome to another episode of the Black and Animated Podcast. I'm Waymond. And I'm Bree. And uh, we are here with a special guest. Yeah, hello. I'm Lorraine. Great. Tell us a little about what you do, Lorraine. Yes. Thank you. Um, I've worked in animation for three or four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started off as a PA, and then I became a coordinator, and then I left that to do art. And I guess somewhere in between being a PA and a coordinator, I was also an artist, but then I took a coordinator job, so then I... They did that, and I was like, wait, no, I still don't like this. You're like, what is this? Like, and what? <laughs> Production? Yeah. I need to go to art. Get out of here. <laughs> so I went back into art, and that's what I'm doing right now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that you're doing art and following what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. But um, how did you like start off like getting that first PA position? Like, where were you at? Were you... Like, did you take an internship first or did you just kind of apply and then you got into where you first started at whatever studio you're at? Uh, it's one of those like things where it's like, who you know, they're just like, I feel like that's, that's kind of terrible because it's like, oh, like it shouldn't be about that. It should be like merit based, but I don't know. Being a PA is not like a, a job that you need like hard skills for. So I guess it does matter who you know, but mm-hmm. I took classes at um Concept Design Academy at CDA. Okay. And one of my classmates' girlfriend needed help finishing her film, mm-hmm. so I went to um, I went to go help her like animate on her film because I didn't really have a lot of animation experience. And um, then, like when I was helping her, one of her other friends was also helping her, and her friend worked at Warner Brothers. And then a couple of months later, like because we became friends and stuff, and a couple of months later, her. Um, boss had left warner brothers to go to a new company called roman entertainment and he was like i need people like now to work with me so like uh actually me and that my friend's girlfriend um we 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 went over there to become pas wow <laughs> oh, awesome and this was at warner's he said or uh, he used to work at warner's but oh. he had gotten a promotion at um roman entertainment like he was like he went from like i think manager to associate producer mm-hmm. so what's roman entertainment i haven't heard of that one they don't really do too much like as far as animation anymore 
Um, I think they do more licensing stuff now, like in um, localization. Oh, okay. But when I was there, um, they were working on a, like two TV shows. They were working on NFL Rush Zone and um, oh, a, another thing called Yes Yesodo. It's a rush zone that like animated like superhero football thing that was on Cartoon Network. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, on okay. um, Nicktoons. Yeah, oh, it was on Nicktoons. Okay, I thought it was on Cartoon Network. Oh, but yeah, I know. They, I don't know. They might have rerun it on Cartoon Network. <laughs> <Maybe>. I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't kept <laughs> up with it in a while. But. <laughs> I just remember that I was like, oh, this is an interesting superhero football thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like football, but that's neat for the kids that like football. Yeah, yeah. See. It was like the NFL trying to like market towards children, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was like cool because like as my first job like i really like like superhero stuff and i like like that super sentai kind of stuff yeah and i was like oh, i don't really care about football but the show's not even really about football it's like got cameos from football players which is really hard <laughs> because they leave they switch teams they retire right. they get fired like constantly Jeez. so if you're trying to make an animated show for something that like they're fine today. In one year from now, will they still be fine? Right. And so that happened a couple of times. I don't really remember which specific guys, mm-hmm. but I remember there were a couple of times, like basically in post, we had to like edit their face into somebody else because like wow. they had like left that team or like they were discharged for like doing what football players do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I guess that's like, gosh, like doing <laughs> animation on current events like backwards like, yeah it's yeah it's kind of like working backwards like i'm uh, uh my first thought was like south park it's kind of like you have to work based off of what's happening you know at the moment like it's you know uh if you're making a story that's current events like if something changes like you have to really you have to go back and change everything yeah so i think it was really hard yeah for for them because i feel like the nfl like really cares about their brand a lot so right like I don't even know, like, if stuff, like, happened to, like, one guy and, um, like, I think maybe they had to take it off TV. They were like, we don't want him. Like, if it was, like, completed and it was, like, you know, airing, they're like, you have to take this one out of the roster and stuff like that. Like a controversy with someone? Yeah, like, if they were, like, like beating their wives or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which sometimes happens or, like, got caught smoking drugs or... I don't really remember exactly. It's been, like, a couple years and... I wasn't super into football. I was mm. just like, I just need to get these files organized <laughs> right. and like get, yeah. get, get everything moving to the next step. So I don't really remember like too specifically, but I just remember like, oh, this is a thing that we have mm-hmm. to deal with now. Well, in like, terms of um, production with like people with it being kind of a current event with these uh, b- uh, football players, how badly did that hurt production? Like, did it set episodes back a lot or was it just literally like make it work make it work to the best of the ability or was stuff ever late because of that yeah a lot of the people on the show were really experienced and since i was like just a pa i was just like kind of listening and like doing what they told me to do but Mm -hmm. they they were pretty good about about like realizing like how how they needed to like cut things or change things and like what things could be changed and what things couldn't be changed so Mm -hmm. They were actually pretty good at it and it, it only happened like i think maybe two or three times so okay it wasn't like that bad <laughs> right right it was just something that they kind of had to like or you your team as a whole had to kind of like keep in the back of your thought like mm, let's be prepared for this yeah because mm. we were pretty good about like um setting boundaries because like it was client-based work oh okay so like you kind of have to like listen to what they say but they were they were pretty good about being like hey this thing is impossible what you're asking us to do is like not workable or this thing will cost you more time or money and they were really good about like standing up for themselves Mm -hmm. 
as far as that because i've worked at like some companies where like they'll just do whatever the client says right but they were pretty good about like making it work within like their timeline and budget so when it happened they were they're pretty good at dealing with it because they've They've worked on shows like since before I was alive. A lot of the people there. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> that could be different. <laughs> they were like, "Hey, do you remember when this happened on Jim?" And I'm like, "Oh, I love Jim, but I think that stopped airing before I was alive. But that's really cool." Um, it was really cool to like. Uh, so your first uh, gig was essentially like, um, uh, kind of right place at the right time, sort of. Um, yeah. Basically, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so. After your your first gig, production assistant or being a production assistant, uh, where else did you go? Um, after that, it was really interesting because like they had told us we were getting a season three, mm. and um, so I was like just waiting, like I waited like two months for them to make season three, and um, they it ended up not going through, oh, so <laughs> I kind yeah. of waited like two months without a job because they were like. Because uh, they were they were pretty like sure they were gonna do it, and then mm-hmm. I don't know they just decided like it wasn't the marketing direction they wanted to go with anymore. Mm-hmm. So I ended up like realizing like oh no this isn't vacation I've been unemployed for the past oh, two months. Geez, oh boy! Sucks. And then um and I was going to CDA like mm-hmm. a concept design academy, so I was just going there and taking classes. And um, this was more like workshop, not necessarily like full time enrollment. Yeah, it's okay. kind of um. It is kind of full-time enrollment, but mm-hmm. it's like a semester by semester base. And oh, even when okay. I was a PA, like I still kept on going to Right, because okay. it's once a once a week, right? Yeah, like the up. classes are like once a week and mm-hmm. oh, like take, 12 weeks. Yeah, like okay. I think it's like 10 weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I was just doing that, so I just like started to be like, okay, well, I moved here to do um animation, so I'll just continue learning. Cuz like when you work full-time, like you don't you think that like, oh, that's only 40 hours a week. Like I can do that. And then like, I don't know, what are there like 150 hours in a week or like 300 hours in a week? I forgot how many hours. A lot of hours. 24 (laughs) times seven hours in a week. (laughs) Yeah. But I I was like, yeah, so I'll have plenty of time to like work on stuff outside of work. And I didn't have as much time as I thought. Like Mm. when you come home, like from doing like, especially like work, like, like production or coordination, you're just like using your brain like at 100% the entire time and just thinking about like 10 things at once so then when you come home you're like I'm just gonna watch Netflix and like (laughs) I didn't understand like before I had worked full-time like that I never done that before Mm -hmm. I didn't understand like why people can come home and just like look at tv for like eight hours and then go to bed yeah but then I I understood yeah I understood after after working full-time it was really hard so I, I went to like CDA and I studied there for a while and then um Actually, I started, and then I started working at Oddbot at some point. Oh, cool. Well, uh, wait, what project were you working on at Oddbot? Or is it like, I can't say. No, I can't remember. <laughs> I've done so many projects there. <laughs> I, I think like, I'm trying to think which one it was, like in what time period, but I don't, I, I don't know, just some pilots i think oh okay cool cool and so i was working there for a while but like were um, you um production doing production there as well or were no you i was doing art like i think mostly oh, okay. there i was doing like cleanup and coloring stuff at the time okay, okay cool i don't really remember what specifically it was but that's i, I did that for a while mm-hmm. i don't think anything like actually came out 
that mm. I was working on. Like it was more like behind the scenes, like for pitching and for development and stuff like that. Oh, so okay, yeah. I'm not sure if any of that has like come to light that I've actually touched. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's maybe why it's like so hard to remember. Right. But yeah, I did that for a while. And um and then actually that same friend that I worked with at Rollman, um like during my time at Oddbot, I'd also been interviewing like with other companies because like I just wanted something more um, on a regular yeah, more basis. Stable. Yeah, more stable. Mm-hmm. So I had like interviewed with DreamWorks and one of the like DreamWorks Television and one of the production managers. She really liked um, me, but then they chose someone with more experience, mm-hmm. which is like fine. Yeah. And um, so I ended up like just staying at Oddbot and then. She went to Disney Television mm. and had emailed um, my friend. Was like, "Hey, is your friend Lorraine still available?" So I emailed her back, and she just was like, "Can you come in like now?" Oh wow, <laughs> that's great! So, that I, was awesome. I, so I started working as a coordinator on um, Star versus the Forces of Evil. Oh wow, season two. cool, awesome! And then um, I stayed there for a whole season, and um, after that, I just wanted to do art. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you wanted to concentrate more on the artistic side of the animation uh, production. Disney is really cool, but it's like one of those places where it's it's kind of hard to like move um, laterally. Like like they want you to just like move in the track that you're on because right. like they trained you for that. They they put a lot of time and effort into making you like good at your job. Like they don't want you to just like start somewhere else. Right. right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've. Uh, it seems like that kind of is what i've heard from a lot of people that have or currently do work at disney tva specifically that like if you're in a production you're gonna be in production for a hot yeah. minute yeah mm-hmm. like i had like um this one incident that like i had applied for another like a storyboard job like at a different like a show but it was out also at disney tv mm-hmm. and I, I didn't think that i needed to tell like my manager that right mm-hmm. but all of the managers talk to each other. So she came and she talked to me and like, hey, are you looking for another job? And I was just like, oh, um, yeah, super I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to do art. Yeah. And uh, I, I think like things just were never really super chill with us oh, like after man. that. Oh, geez. So uh, I don't know. After that, like I just decided like it was it was best for me to like leave after that season yeah. ended. So how did you, um, when you were interviewed, well, she remembered you from the, from interviewing for DreamWorks at the time. So when you, uh, started to work for Disney, did you ever bring that up that you wanted to do art or was it something that you kind of kept to yourself? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was actually a different manager that like had come and couldn't like talk okay. to me about it. Like the one who had hired me, she was really nice the whole time and supportive. Okay. And even at the interview, like they had seen like my resume had like art jobs and production jobs. And she right. was like, hey, what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I love, I love like both. And I think I could do both like, mm-hmm. like either way is fine for me. I was, in that interview, I was kind of like really, I, I think I, I gave like an okay interview, but at the same time, I don't know if I would recommend like people giving an interview like that because i felt like oh i still have a job at oddbot like i don't really like need need a job but at the same time i do want to work at disney so i was kind of honest with them Mm -hmm. where i was like oh yeah i could i could do either way like i love art like that's still something i'm thinking about but Mm -hmm. i also feel confident in my ability to like work as a coordinator Mm -hmm. right 
So, um, and like the person who hired me was like, she was fine with that because she had also done art in her past. And oh, okay. So she was like, yeah, like I love whenever, like she really valued that like a coordinator who could understand like the art side because it makes it easier to communicate and work with artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mitch Raymond, you can cut that part out. We both pause and like look through something like, yeah, really, like, that's a question. Yeah, question. <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, yeah, so, um, so after your production assistant, or sorry, production coordinator um, at DTVA, said that correct? Right. <laughs> you did. You did it. I, I felt like my you. brain was going to, like, screw that up. Like, DWTVA. Yeah. Like, that's something different. That's not the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's hard. So, yeah, so after your production assistant there, uh, where did you go? Then after that, I, I started working at Oddbot again. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Oddbot just kind of like keeps pulling you back. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they've always got like smaller projects and stuff. And like even at one point, like Wayman was there. Yeah, that's right. Yep, I'm still currently working there <laughs> doing storyboards and stuff. Yeah, and I think when you were there, you were doing color, right? Yeah, and... it was like um for those like storybooks. Yeah. I was doing cleaning up and coloring. I think I did one of yours once. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um that's pretty cool you're kind of like a jack of all trades Lorraine. Yeah. you could do production you could do cleanup you could do color styling really... you do boarding too right yeah that's what i'm like my, my big goal <laughs> is still boarding awesome cool so how did you know that you wanted to go into animation like well what, what were your influences or inspirations for getting into animation what did little lorraine see on yeah. the big screen that made you go I need to do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think just like the same cliche stuff. Like I, I like Disney movies a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I had like a really Christian upbringing. So like I wasn't allowed to watch anything other than cartoons. I feel you. A lot. Like, I, <laughs> I feel that too. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so I think I just liked cartoons and I was like, this is so cool. I love animation. And I didn't think that it was like a real job though for a <laughs> yeah. long time. Oh, like. Yeah. I, I went to college for graphic design because I was like, oh, I want to do animation. But then all the schools that had animation as a major were very expensive. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had had a part-time job in high school. So I had like this like kind of small understanding of what money was and that like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars was like impossible. Yeah. And like. And, you know, you hear, like, oh, artists don't make any money. And I was like, then why do they want us to spend $200,000 right. to become one yeah, in four like, years? Like, what? I can't, it is I not. cannot physically make that much money right. in four years. And, yeah, like, it does not make sense. <laughs> and so I just went to um, my local college. I went to Arkansas Tech University. Like, it was mm. down the street from me. And I had, like, just worked really hard on taking standardized tests until, like, they gave me a full ride. Mm. So I just did that because I was like, I can afford free. Even if it's not like the major I like, yeah, but that's what you gotta do. It's easier. It was because I was like, oh well, maybe if I like test really well, I can do. Um, I can go to like an art college, but like they don't really care too much about test scores. And even if you get like a perfect test score, it only covered like half or something. So oh. it was like half is still a lot of money. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, better than none. Right. Yeah. And and like I I think like I was just like so poor that like. I remember when I went to my school counselor, I don't know if like she just didn't know anything about college or, or what, but they were just like, yeah, you can't borrow that much money. And I was just like, oh, I guess I can't borrow that much money. 
that's cool because I also I don't think I can afford that much money. So I'll just like, you know, weigh my options and go to like somewhere that I can't afford. Right. So I just was like, I can just study really hard. Like that's something I can do. Like I'm really lucky I can like take tests really well. I don't know mm. if I'm smart, but like mm. I could take a test. I can figure out how to test works. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I just did that until like I could get a good scholarship at like a school that was like also it's like safe. Well, this was mm-hmm. nearby, so I was like, oh, yeah, I could go there, and I could, like, live at home during the summer or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you went to um, the uh, went to school in Arkansas, and then you went to an art school, or did you just stay at the, Arcan- the school you went to in Arkansas? Yeah, I just stayed in Arkansas, and then um, my third year, it was, like, it was, like, somewhere in between, like, the third and fourth year, I went to Tokyo for a year. Oh, and cool, then, cool. Um, and then I came back and graduated. Oh, nice. And then I... Uh, was it, like, a part of, like, a, an, a program at the school? Like, was it a study abroad thing or... Oh, cool. Yeah, it was a study abroad thing. My, um... Were you taking Japanese language courses or anything related to that? Or is it just, like, I don't know how study abroad works? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, um... Like, I, I kind of liked anime and stuff like that, but, like, I didn't hey, really associate good. it with, like, Japan for some reason. Like, I didn't. <laughs> I, mean, I lived in, like, small town Arkansas, so I didn't, like, have, like, a worldview or anything. I was just like, this mm. is cartoons from the internet. They say they're from Japan. But, like, I Naruto. I had a what? friend, um, like, my school had, like, a ton of international students from Japan because, like, I think... There's, like, a guidebook they get of, like, all these schools they can go to in America. Uh-huh. And for the major of hospitality, I think my school comes out, like, as the cheapest one oh. or something like that. So yeah. there was just a ton of students from Japan because they all wanted to, like, learn English and, like, study hospitality so they could work in, like, tourism uh-huh. and, okay. like, at work at Disneyland and stuff like that. Like, I think they just wanted to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So I had, like, some Japanese friends and one of them, she had invited me to her house in Japan. Oh, that's so cool. And I was so like, awesome. yes. And then so I started taking Japanese class. I took that and then uh, for two years. And then one of my classmates, he went to Japan like he made them reopen their study abroad sister university oh, really? to like oh, wow. to accept because I think like no one had like been interested or applied for like years so oh, he like okay. made and like I think that was why he went to to Arkansas Tech was like wow. to go to study abroad in Japan and then he found it, like it's kind of defunct but he made mm. them open it up and went to <laughs> Japan and I was like that was so cool also I just went to Japan and I was like that was really great I would go there again yeah. and then so like I um I went and got accepted into the program it's not that hard when only like three people apply and they take two <laughs> so it's like nice un- I feel bad for the third person but yeah like me and my friend went to Japan and it was it was really good. And nice. I studied global media there. Oh, and what's sweet. global media? Yeah. Like, like just, well, it, you can explain. <laughs> it's, it's a vague word <laughs> that just means you're studying media globally. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know that sounds like... It is literally what it sounds it, like. It was, li- it was literally <laughs> that. Like, we, we studied, like, how they spread K-pop or how to spread, like, pop culture. And I mostly just took a bunch of, like, like not ESL, like JSL, like Japanese as a second language courses. Okay. So mostly did that, but we also like tried to learn about like Japanese culture and stuff like that through the university. So they only let us take like the year one classes, even though it's like, oh, I'm a senior at my university, but like they're like, you get to take like what freshmen take. So we didn't right. learn like too much about global media, but like we learned a little bit. Like it was really interesting. It was a really interesting time because it was like um the Hallyu for for k-pop i don't know if you know what 
K-pop is. Mm-hmm. I know well, what I know K-pop, K-pop is. is. I don't know what Hallyu is. The Hallyu is like I think like the wave of spreading Korean culture through the whole world. Oh. And, it, and like that, when I was in Japan, that was like right when that was starting. So that was like one of the main focuses was like how was Korea able to spread its pop music beyond its borders. Mm-hmm. So like that was something that we had learned about. Yeah. And they call that Hallyu. Hallyu. <laughs> <laughs> and while you were there, did that um, because Japan and anime is like a whole like it's very like artistically influential. Did that kind of like bring about a artistic awakening within you or anything, or like art influence any of the artwork made you be like, I'm inspired. I want to do more art stuff. I was like, I don't know. I think like it was like the like I was reading on the internet and just stuff like. A lot of people really didn't like weeaboos <laughs> and stuff like that. So I think, like, actually that year I did not draw. I was just oh, a normie. No. <laughs> I oh, was no. like, I, mean, I liked anime and stuff, but mm-hmm. then, like, realizing, like, oh, there's, like, more to Japan than anime. That's, yeah, that's and, a lot like, more. For me, yeah. it was, like, separate. And also, I think, like, at that time, like, I wasn't really into any of the anime that was out. So mm-hmm. I didn't really, like, care. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm just having a great yeah, time. Just, I'm living abroad. This is great. Yeah, Everyone yeah. should do this. Yeah, just ex- experiencing <laughs> like something new. Exactly. Like, a new like, place. The cult- like the actual culture. And I guess not what uh, <laughs> your, our country sees coming out or the main thing like anime. Yeah, I was just super into expert. like making friends and like having fun and going clubbing and stuff. Like I wasn't like thinking about art too mm-hmm. much. Like mm-hmm. I, I liked art, but mm-hmm. like, I don't know. There just wasn't any anime or like pop stars that i was like super interested in at the time so i didn't really like focus on that at all i was just mm-hmm. trying to struggle to learn japanese <laughs> <laughs> oh that's amazing so after um your japan study abroad uh and that was one year yeah mm-hmm. um did, was this like a senior year or junior year or uh, it was my first senior year Oh, okay. okay. And then, uh, or it was like in between, like my yeah, my junior year and my senior year, because like the Japanese semester is like offset of ours, like it starts in April. Okay. And uh, but ours starts in like January, so yeah. I, I like missed half a semester on each side of like. Oh, interesting. Of that, but it was like somewhere in between my junior and senior year, and then when I came back, I had another senior year, so I went to college for five years mm. because like studying Japanese has nothing to do with getting a graphic design degree. To the to the side there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was off to the side, but I didn't I didn't mind it was really cool. So yeah. I mm-hmm. thought it was worth it. Yeah, I weighed cool. the, the cost benefit and I was like, I mean, I don't really like graphic design, so like I wanna live abroad. I wanna mm-hmm. see like what all the like the international students are like kind of seeing in reverse. So after you get back from Japan and took and did your uh last final year as a senior in college for the graphic design degree what happened next after after i graduated i i had an internship at a marketing agency in little rock arkansas okay so i went to the capital and i worked there for like six weeks or eight weeks and we made like a marketing campaign and i was in charge of like web design and it was it was a lot of hard work and i i think i really understood that like i don't really have like an understanding or knack for graphic design like it was like something that I feel like I had to work really, really hard at. And I always like drawing more than like moving vexels around. <laughs> and uh, I like that word. <laughs> and, and I was like, I felt like, like, a, 
like drawing would be more more up my alley and it was like it was like actually like 2010 2011-ish and there was a lot of really good animated films that came out i think like how to train your dragon and tangled Mm -hmm. and megamind had come out and one of my friends that i knew from the internet like we met on gaia online oh god like like she like we just kept in touch like since like middle school and stuff and she'd like gotten out of college because we were like the same age and she got out of college and she started working at dreamworks Mm -hmm. as like a technical artist and i was like that is so cool i just watched a dreamworks movie people made that like could i make that and she was like I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> like, I guess. I mean, like, she went to, like, Ivy League University for, like, uh, for, like, computer programming. So it was, like, completely mm. different side of the pipeline. Oh, oh she's yeah. on the tech side of the pipeline. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know. But she's like, this school, like, um, CDA has, like, people that also work at DreamWorks. So, like, if mm. you take classes with them, like, you'll get to meet them and, like, you can improve your work and maybe you could, like, start working there. Mm-hmm. And she also was, like, looking for a roommate in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. I was like, You're like yeah. I don't need to live in Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of been planning to, like, either move to, like, California or to like New York or something like I wanted to live in the big city mm-hmm. after after university so I I just moved here and then I went to CDA and then that's that's yeah. it's like post educate like post post secondary education was like CDA mm-hmm. yeah sometimes you need that though like uh your, your main university might not give you what you need so then you yourself have to go seek what you do need to get what you want yeah and that's like really powerful that you did that. Yeah, I think like if if you're not getting what you need out of your university, like definitely find somewhere that will give you that education. Like it's good to have a college degree, like if you want to go abroad, because like I think a lot of times like your visa won't be able to be sponsored by companies unless you're very exceptional. But like the easiest way is just to have a degree. Like you don't have to be like super good at your field or special. Like if you have a degree, so mm-hmm. you should still get a degree if that's going internationally is what you want to do mm-hmm. but other than that you don't need it like if i had to do over i probably would have just gone to like cda instead of going to university mm. like i, I like the time i did abroad but i don't know if i needed like a graphic design degree that like didn't really right. yeah. <laughs> do too See, much that, with and that's that's funny because like a lot of people uh i feel like it's interesting when it comes to art and animation as a whole because like you hear some people say like I went to school for biology and now mm-hmm. I'm a board artist mm-hmm. or I went to school for cinematography and I'm the color stylist, like totally removed. So yeah. And a lot of ways you really, this is not to discourage college, but you really, sometimes you don't need Yeah. No, I, I feel like, yeah, especially um, these days where uh, you can find your education basically fully on the internet uh with online colleges and stuff like that it's like you don't like you you get the same type of education that you probably uh get in a college or places that like cda or you can take a 10 12 week course that's focused on exactly the thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think like it's really good that like like having like structure and fellow classmates is something that's still really helpful. Like, but you don't need a college to to do that necessarily. Like, because mm-hmm. some people like they're fine and they can just like get good on their own. Like one of my roommates, like she she went to like um like a kind of 
workshop kind of school like cda but like for more traditional art mm-hmm. but for the most part she just like gotten good by like just get like practicing online and like going like figure drawing and like studying on her own but like yeah i don't think you need like i think having a degree and going to a college helps like because i have friends that went to like art school and i think like having that network of other artists that like know you and know your work over like a course of time is right. really helpful mm-hmm. but it's like not super necessary but it's definitely very helpful but um, yeah yeah. like if you can do it if you are not able to and you could do other stuff then do that yeah like it's not worth a hundred thousand dollars like every time i'm like down in the dumps like oh dang it i wish i went to art school then i would have art school friends that would like take me to their jobs with them and stuff like that then i'm like but but then i'd be like 100k in debt and yeah. I don't know if that's like, <laughs> yeah. like it's I mean yeah. everyone's different like everyone There's has like different threshold that they can afford right yeah, that's so. okay I'm almost 50k in debt from my college I don't even want to think which about... one did you go to I went to Columbia College Chicago because I'm from Chicago originally then hmm. I came out here to do animation stuff but I'm working in advertising right now um by day I feel you <laughs> <laughs> hustling for that storyboard or PA gig <laughs> Um, yeah, but my school wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Yeah, it's like, uh, and I I get that, like, part of, you know, the journey of life is figuring what things didn't work out for you. Yeah. But college is one of those things I'm like, I feel like there needs to be, like, a course taught in high school about how to choose a college. Right. Like, what you need to be thinking about and how much money is actually worth. Right. Like... I know it sounds super romantic to go into debt for something you love, mm-hmm. but I have friends like having like panic attacks, like freaking out about like the amount of debt. Like, cause they don't, when you're like 18, you don't realize how much money that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you have no idea. Like you just think like, and, and you're like a lot of people's parents, like they came up in a better time where like for them, college was affordable and they didn't end up with like, like more than a house worth of value like mm-hmm. under underneath them that like they, they that like also seems like worthless to a lot of employers because mm. it's like a double-edged sword like some employers like in different fields like you require a degree but like they also want like three to five years of experience and then they're gonna pay you like nothing right like they'll just pay you like 25k a year and you're like i can't even like live on that and pay back loans like i don't know it's like being a millennial is really hard. Yes. <laughs> it, is, it is. Especially a millennial in the um artistic field. Yeah. yeah, like I don't I don't really have like a super good answer. I think it's just like something that like people need to have like a clearer understanding. And I think like the generation behind us does. Mm-hmm. Like when I've talked to like kids that are like 18 and stuff, like they under they they see how like the millennials were like a little bit screwed over because like we just had like rosy glasses when we went into university like yeah oh yes I'll just get this degree and I'll come back out and I'll be able to make like a hundred k like anyone will just hire me because I have this piece of paper but it's like a no. lie like that might have worked like thirty years ago or something because I hear stories them. about that where they're just like yeah I just walked into a place and was like can I have yeah. a job and then they got a job and it paid good and now they own a house and like mm-hmm. can raise children on that money but yeah that's not how it works anymore nope nope not at all <laughs> so I I just wish that there was like more but I think I think kids nowadays like they're pretty smart they know they know what's up dropping that good wisdom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Y'all heard it straight from the Black and Animated podcast. <laughs> know what's going on, young listeners who are still in school or thinking about going to art school. You know, just do do your do your homework yeah, and research. Do your research. Yeah. research a little. If if it's not in your budget range, there there's plenty of like alternatives that are like especially like in Los Angeles, I feel like you can go to like the community colleges here are still taught by a lot of working professionals. Mm. Like there's a lot of like workshop based courses. Like if you, yeah, there's to, so many to do mm-hmm. that. Like it'd be cheaper to live in California and just try to like learn on the streets. Than right. It would be to like then go to, <laughs> a, to an a art school. If you can't four year it. college. Yeah. Like when I moved out here, um, cause in Chicago, there aren't, Maybe I just didn't know the art community in Chicago very well, but I feel like moving out here, I find that there are so many options for a course taught by this person, a mentorship taught by this person, or this like studio doing, or like this art place doing these classes or whatever. Like there's a lot that you can do, like just extra, extra learning or the guild, the animation guild offers mm. classes that are a lot cheaper than say that are places like CDR or whatnot. Like if you want to do storyboarding at the guild, it's only like 200 bucks. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I know that some places charge like 500 or 600. I mean, like that's still worth it. But if you want to go a little cheaper, then like the guild is only 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Something and it's that. like the guild, like it's the animation guild. Like they're people who like work in the industry. So I think it's like a really good alternative. Mm-hmm. And there's like mentorships. Like there's a lot of people online like, I think, like, if you, like, make a portfolio or something and then, like, message some of them, like, take them out to dinner, buy them coffee or something like that, like, they'll more than willing to, like, talk to you. There's, like, tons of stuff at, like, the center stage gallery. They have, like, those portfolio reviews. I mean, of course, like, stuff like that requires you to be, like, a little bit more self-motivated, which is, like, a little bit hard for, for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. there's also, like, yeah, stuff like the guild courses that you could just take and... Like, someone will guide you through the whole process of, like, getting to that point. Like, CDA, like, was really helpful. Like, it's gotten more expensive in the past couple years, but it's still, like, pretty affordable compared to, like, what you would pay if taking, like, that same course at, like, CalArts or Mm -hmm. at Art Center. Yeah, I've been thinking about uh, taking a CDA course myself, actually, um, for storyboarding. I think it's, like, what? Eight hundred dollars. That was like five hundred mm. or six hundred. They used yeah. to be like four or five hundred dollars. Like when I at was least first out here, but yeah, eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I think they start at like seven hundred to like a thousand dollars now, depending on like who's teaching and like because some of the teachers like they they want to put more time into it. Like it right. might be like five hours in a week. Oof. Uh, there's another place in West Hollywood called Good Good No No Oh yeah, No One No One. They also have workshop classes and i think they're in like the six five hundred range and at the illustrator society peter paul like every now and then has like a course and i think oh, he's wait, five... society of illustrators yeah, yeah. Society of illustrators. Okay. <laughs> I was like, he, he has he has a course that's 500 and then like i mentioned the guild that's 200 but those guild classes those uh, get taken up real quick you gotta be on the ball to get those mm. yeah you have to like I, I remember, ready. like, I tried to, I signed up for, like, one guild class, and it was, like, a battle royale. Like, I don't know if they still do that system where you have to, like, call. Hmm. Inst- like, they don't take, like, emails. Like, you can't just, like, show up and wait in line or something. Like, you straight up have to call. And mm-hmm. they only have one line. So it's, like, busy. So you're just, like, hanging up, calling, hanging up, calling, hanging up, calling. Oh, wow. Like, to get in. Because they're kind of old school there. Mm. They are. They do a lot of stuff on paper still. Mm. So you don't have to be a part of the guild to take a guild no. class? Oh, cool. Because it opens up to, like, 
like, uh, they'll do like, all right, guild members can sign up on these days and then open to the public two days later. Mm. But when it's open to the public, make sure you're ready. Right. <laughs> Just like set an alarm <laughs> in your phone. Be there like, like get up. Like, get, sounds, like start calling so like five stressful. minutes ahead of time. It's, it's really stressful. Yeah. But it's really cheap. And like the classes that I took, there were pretty good. Like for, for like $200, like it was fine. Mm. Like I think the the ones I took at CDA were like more up to my speed. Like just because like the 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 guild classes are more like for like super beginners who like maybe don't have like any experience but the ones at cda like they kind of expect you to come in with like maybe being like intermediate Mm. and the students are more serious i felt like at cda Mm. like Mm. at the guild i had like you know just people who are more like hobbyists even though i feel like it's so hard to like get into those classes like you still got people (laughs) coming in who just like i mean it's fine they just want to try a new thing they want to try something different so maybe they're not as serious Mm. but there's still a lot of serious people in the classes i just felt like there was right. even like more that serious atmosphere people. was mm-hmm. more serious at CDA. Yeah, cool. I want to touch on really quickly about um, your production background hmm. and uh, while you're and your uh, the fact that you're doing art right now. While you were doing production, how did you kind of maintain that creative drive that you had? Because I know that like production, as you mentioned, is like so demanding and like you know forty hours a week, and then you're coming home and you know, like you just want to like turn your brain off for a bit. Did you like have an epiphany one day where you're like, I need to do my own like creative work while I am still in production and then like get out of there? Mm. Um, mostly like, I mean, cause you're seeing artwork every day. It's like mm-hmm. super inspiring. You're like, Oh, I want to do that. Like so-and-so just did this really cool thing. And like just seeing a bunch of artists and talking to them all, all the time, and, like seeing the artwork, you just want to do it you want to get better mm-hmm. and then i would just like sign up for like concept design academy and i'm like i spent money on this i have to oh, yeah, like yeah. so i felt like if if i put money into it like i would definitely like want to that would be even more because if it was just me by myself like i felt like I, i'm not as productive if i'm alone with myself because i will just like really? give myself <laughs> endless free passes like you're tired today or mm-hmm. like you have other things to do or something like that. So mm-hmm. I felt like if I put money into it, like, and also like, cause that's someone you have to like see every week and it feels embarrassing to like not have your work done every week. Right. Right. So yeah. for me personally, I feel like I do a little bit better with like some external motivation. And so right. I kind of like forced myself to get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's important to rest after like, if you're, if you're not doing the exact job that you want to be doing and you're trying to like get, build up that skill set so that you can get into that job that you're doing you rest is important but also you have to like i guess it's time management and like hustling trying to build up that experience yeah um and yeah that's yeah that's i felt like like there's like a line in bojack where i think like i forgot he like gets sick or gets hurt and he's in the hospital and the doctor's like can you take it easy and he and like princess carolyn's like he doesn't have a job. He's just like a retired actor. Like he, all he does is take it easy. And the doctor's like, but can you take it even easier? <laughs> and I was like, oh no, that's like me, like treating myself. Like if I'm like, like, like just by myself, like I, I think I'm better nowadays, but mm. like I thought, I felt like at the, at the other time I would just always have like some reason to be tired or mm. want to take it easy. Mm. So I was like, okay, well I just have to make someone make me not take it easy. Growing up, loving animation so much did you receive a lot of support from those around you to pursue it 
because I know that you, like you said, that you were studying graphic design initially, but when you made the transition over to doing animation and like making your way out here to LA, uh, was there just a lot of like love and support for it? Or was there kind of like, mm, I don't know, like be careful out there? I didn't tell my parents that I moved out to California. Ooh. Oh, I just did it. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, they my like I... I don't like really hang out with them that mm-hmm. much. And I didn't really have like a super strong relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. So I just moved to California and it wasn't like, I think it was like two or three months into it. Like she called me and was like, I haven't seen you. Like, where, what did you do after college? And I was like, I'm living in Los Angeles. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I, I feel like growing up, like there wasn't like a lack of support, but it mm. was just, it's kind of neutral. Right. Like okay. it wasn't like go throw away your art supplies, but it wasn't like go and pursue your dreams. Here's money and like don't art. opportunities to go for that. It was mm-hmm. just kind of like yeah, that's just the thing you do is just drawing a lot. So right, I just yeah, I, I I feel like I can I I can relate to that with um with my um I guess you just up. left. Well, not with the just left, but with the <laughs> the uh the relationship with uh your your family and your art i guess and your interest in art um like my dad wasn't um like don't do this <laughs> this is stupid don't go into <laughs> art <laughs> but he also wasn't like whoa art is cool you're you're really great you should totally do this he's kind of like okay like this is what you want to do like all right fine like i'll support you financially but he didn't like pass that it was like all right, like you're Just doing like, okay. this, yeah. Like, all right, if you want to, like, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I can relate in that. <laughs> in yeah, that I think area. it's kind of kind of chill to have like a neutral, yeah. <laughs> not a lot of pressure. Aspect. Yeah, because there's like no pressure either way. Like, mm-hmm. you don't feel like there'll be an "I told you so" if things don't work out. Right. But, like, exactly. you also don't feel like. Oh no, I'm a failure if you're not getting like the kind of success that mm-hmm. you need. So I feel like I'm oh, just making my own path, mm-hmm. and like no one cares, so that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is super rando, um, but this question is about jellyfish uh, because uh, when uh, you were having your like uh, Instagram stream, I think jellyfish came up and it was like such a, I found it super interesting, but um, I remember you talking about getting jellyfish from a Kickstarter and I was like, I want to hear this story on the podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just like at work one day and like. I just saw like a Kickstarter come up and it was like, I think it was like an ad or something. Like, you know, they buy like sponsored ads or maybe my friend had shared it with me or something. I can't really remember how, but I just saw like, oh, jellyfish. And I was like, I'm making good money. I work at Disney. Like, I'm just going to invest in this Kickstarter and buy some jellyfish. (laughs) (laughs) And so like it came with like a tank. And um, once you set the tank up, you have to like get the like levels okay like the chemical levels fine Mm -hmm. and so you just like do that and then you just get the jellyfish like kind of like uh what are those little things those little like shrimps that you buy krill like is it krill monkey fish no i'm gonna say monkey yeah like what are they called like monkeys sea monkeys it was kind of like sea monkeys but not really because they were like straight up alive oh like but yeah, you just put them in the tank and like the Kickstarter made it seem like it was something that like, oh, you just change the water every two weeks. And mm-hmm. and then like for the fourth week, you just change like it this much water and you feed them every day and it would be like <laughs> super simple. And like in theory, that is very simple. 
And, but, like, you have to be, like, a master at, like, yeah. feeding them oh. the perfect amount, changing the water the oh, right man. amount, because, like, the chemical levels, like, will fluctuate, like, based off of, like, how many fish are in the tank mm-hmm. and how much you feed them. But, yeah, I had jellyfish for, like, a year. Like, mm-hmm. it was, like, a little bit. I, had, I think I had them, like, eight months. Be, okay, yeah, I was about to say, like, are, is there, like, life expectancy, uh, like, a year? In, in the wild, yeah, they'd live, like, one year. Oh, wow, wow. interesting. But, so I, I think I basically kept them to their full life expectancy. But, like, nice. they didn't thrive <laughs> under my care. Oh, no. Like, like, I think, like, other people, like, in the forums, like, I mean, a lot of people were, like, mine are dead and mine are dying. But oh, no. there were also people who were, like really good and they were like mine is so big i don't think it'll fit in this tank anymore and wow. i'm like mine won't get big i'm not good at this <laughs> and then like if you travel like it was really hard to get people to like take care of them yeah, for me while i, I was gone because like, that's very particular care yeah because yeah. like you have to like like squeeze this like little like tube into the water to like get the food to float back into the water because like if it falls to the ground they they don't have like a brain or anything mm-hmm. and they're just kind of like moving like they're just like a spasming muscle yeah and so like if things if food hits them then they they're able to like get it into their kind of brain or belly or something like that mm-hmm. but like if it doesn't touch them then they cannot eat it yeah and so like p- like squeezing that tube of water like to get the water to circulate again mm. There's a chance that they can get sucked into their, they're like tissue paper. And I've done it once and like just squeezing it, like one got like sucked in and like it got torn and like they're fine because they can't feel anything. Mm. Like they just react to stimulus, but it was like. Made you feel kind of bad. It made me feel bad. Yeah. To like see that it got torn and then like it, it healed up, but it was just like, this is really hard. And like, I can't like leave that with other people. Like if I. Because I like to go away for, like, a weekend or something. And so if I came back, like, I just felt like it wasn't a sustainable kind of pet. So, like, whenever they finally, like, they they passed away. But, like, it was, like, they just got smaller and smaller and smaller until, like, they eventually got, I don't know, they disappeared. Like, they got sucked into the filter or something, maybe. I don't know. Disintegrate? Turn back into sea foam. Yeah. So wait. So you saw you saw... literally the Little Mermaid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is literally the little the original yeah. Little yeah. Mermaid. <laughs> she turns into sea foam. For a while, I like I I kept the tank and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do it again. And then like I just thought about all that stress and like I started traveling a lot more and I was like, never mind. I need to get like if I get a pet, I need to get. I just got a regular fish. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> just a regular fish, and that way anyone knows how to feed him whenever I'm gone, and like I don't have to worry about like them killing him. Is that a beta? For yeah. podcast listeners, we're looking at learning fish, fish. Tank. I don't know if I. Fish. I think I see it. Yeah, yeah we might back. come by. But his name is Kylo Ren. Hi, Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> the thick boy. Yeah. But yeah, regular fish are much easier to take care of. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you think or feel like um, outside of art hobbies or matter of fact, I'll structure it this way: like, what are your outside of art hobbies, and do you feel like they like help with your art? Like you say, you travel and you um, pick up <laughs> exotic exotic pets. Do you draw lots <laughs> like, of jellyfish? Yeah, like yeah. Does that influence your art a lot, or like how do you how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think like um, I just did like I had a solo art show with Capsule Corner mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just drew a bunch of like plants with like crystals and stuff and that oh, was cool. like my my thing for yeah. that for that art show cuz I had just kind of been doing it recently cuz I was like oh that's like so stressful so I was like I wanted to try something relaxing and like mm-hmm. just painting like natural stuff and like 
just seemed like really fun. Mm-hmm. So I just like put that as like my solo show. So I guess yeah, it does. Oh, do you nice. typically do a lot of different uh, art shows around the area, like to like sh- to showcase your work? Mm. Yeah, I've been in like a lot of galleries around Los Angeles. Like I've been in uh, Gallery Nucleus and Q Pop Gallery, like Meltdown when they still had a. Oh, yeah, rest in peace meltdown. Mm-hmm. Like a, yeah, I think it's been. I just recently updated my website, but I did. Uh, I did Hatsune Miku Expo. Oh, cool! Like I did art for them. But yeah, I just like put art everywhere. Like mm-hmm. I was just making zines. Like I just wanted to do like all the stuff like outside of art. By putting <laughs> your art of animation. By putting your art out there into the world, um, have people kind of recognized you? Like just based on your work like oh like yeah that's that's lorraine like i totally know her stuff i think my style changes a lot okay like i mean i think like i have some consistent things like a for art galleries like i usually want to work in traditional media like watercolor or gouache Mm -hmm. but like a lot of the times like the gallery shows have like a theme Mm -hmm. like the theme will be like this one is like sailor moon themed or this one is like like a did like star versus the forces of evil one like just like whatever fan art theme, usually like the ones around here are like kind of fan art themed. Mm-hmm. So I would just do those. But I feel like I'm always like trying new stuff out. Like what I, whatever I'm into at the time is like whatever I'll make my art try to look like. Mm-hmm. Let that art be versatile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for like art gallery shows and stuff, do art galleries do like do they find you or do you uh, do you find the art gallery and you're like oh they they have a uh they're doing this theme show let me make something for this specific theme and then submit it or like how how does that work um i i would go to like when i first moved to la like i would just go to like gallery shows like all mm. the time I'm like wow my favorite artist is gonna be there i have like a hundred favorite artists <laughs> so i would just like go, <laughs> just go to all of them yeah. so i just like go to like any like opening so i was like it's always really cool to like see the art on the walls and it kind of introduces you to like new people yeah like because like maybe some people aren't always online mm-hmm. but like their stuff is really good but like they mostly like are just quietly posting like in instagram but they're not hashtagging anything so you, they know or like right. expand their audience or something like that mm-hmm. so i would just like go to art galleries and like see even more art and like once you go a couple times like it's a lot of the same people mm-hmm. so you can like kind of get to know them like people like recognize like me as a person just because mm-hmm. like i i dress like a certain way i guess mm-hmm. like i think i'm really easy to recognize also there's like only like no black people like women especially like out there so i think i'm just mm-hmm. easy to remember mm-hmm. and uh so, like, if you just, like, become friends with, like, just artists and, like, sometimes, like, the curators are around and, like, you can talk to them. So, you mentioned that you were, like, the only black woman in these gallery spaces. Do you feel like uh, you, there wasn't a lot of diversity or do you feel like one of, like, very few black women in these spaces? And Did it ever make you, like, feel weird going to the art shows, I guess? Hmm. I think, like... At the time, I was just, like, super, like, fresh and young. And, like, I don't think I thought about it too much. And, like, no, like, it's, like, a public kind of space. So no mm-hmm. one yeah. really gave me any, like, weird glances or anything like that. And it's a bunch of young people. And it's Los Angeles. Of course. Yeah. And uh, so I didn't I didn't worry about it too much at the time. But, like, thinking back on it, yeah, it was kind of like, whoa, where is everybody? Where did everybody go? <laughs> where y'all at? <laughs> but, I mean, it, it makes sense because, like, in a way, I feel like the gallery scene or just getting into art in general in LA, like, is something you have to have, like, 
a little bit of like money to be interested in mm. and like even though i don't have like money like i i can see how like that keeps people like out of the scene maybe like mm. cuz it's just like a bunch of like rich art school hipster people <laughs> and it's like and and somehow i'm like i'm not really an art school hipster person but i was just like i really love art i don't care like what the <laughs> scene is i just want to like Mm-hmm. look at art and like make friends and stuff like that yeah but it yeah it was really like where is everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> did that kind of reflect the like animation studio space as well um my first job at rollman like the the crew was like a lot of them were from black dynamite so there there were like a lot of black people there nice. mm-hmm. um but all men uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like ooh, a lot of black folks. Then you're like men. You're like, mm? uh. yeah. And then they're all they're all like older than me. They're all like from a different generation. Mm. And then like when I started at Disney, I was the only. There was there was one other black person on the crew at the time, but it, like he was like a shadow. Like you didn't ever see him. Mm. <laughs> like he. He like worked from home or something like that, so I didn't really uh. see him. So it was just me. So that that was like really. At, I think at that point I was like, "This is really like, where is everybody?" Like, right. like it felt like, oh, it's especially like at Disney, like everyone's from like Cal Arts, like almost universally, like mm-hmm. not universally, maybe like fifty to seventy five percent of all of the artists, like mm-hmm. they yeah. all know each other from Cal Arts and they all know each other from like um, school mm-hmm. and from like previous jobs at disney mm. so it was just like oh i'm a little bit out i mean everyone's really friendly but it was also like like there's just a level that you can't really connect with everybody on because like you don't have that same background or same past as they do right right but yeah and like by the by the time i was leaving star there was like a couple more black people on, like put on the crew so that was like really really nice to see. It up. i think Diverse like because i think that was like one of the they have like I, don't, I forgot what are those called like slogans or something like that like a goal that they were trying to do like i think like like positivity diversity there were like some like core words that they were trying to like represent the company with mm-hmm. so i remember at first like whenever they said that i was like is that the only reason why i was hired that, oh my god but, like, <laughs> I'm definitely, i've definitely had feelings like that too but it's like no i have friends there like yeah. i have yeah. friends on that show like other people like knew me from before like that can't be the only yeah, reason not why the only not reason. the only maybe part like, but not a hundred percent probably 10 percent like hey we want to bring many people like different types of people on this project yeah and I think, like, that was something they were mindful of on Star. And that was something, like, as a coordinator, I was, like, very mindful of, like, placing, like, because I could place, like, the incidental characters. Mm. So I get to choose, like, who's there. And I'm like, everyone Brown's going to be in this thing yeah. today. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just do, do that. But, like, they were also pretty good about, like, designing diverse characters. Mm. And, like... And that show has a, a mixed family because uh, Marco, he's a Latinx, right? Yeah. I yeah. think, like, um, he's either... I think he was half Mexican. Yeah, because his cause dad is Mexican, his mom is white. Yeah, I think that's how I understood it. Like, they didn't really, like, ever, or at least, like, the first it. couple seasons, they didn't really, like, get into it or anything like that. Mm. But it was just, like, you just, it was just like, a, th- a part of, like, his, like who he was. Like, yeah. he, right. but it was house, like, his house has, like, a lot of Mexican, like, Texas ranch-looking stuff. And mm-hmm. his dad, obviously, has, like, a Spanish accent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And his mom seems into 
Mexican stuff. Like, I think she was the one who collects a lot of the Mexican stuff around the house. <laughs> like, I don't know. They didn't really, like, you know, like, I don't think Marco ever, like, contends with that or talks about it too much. But yeah. it was just, like, it's just part of the background radiation of, like... It's just who he is. Yeah, it's yeah. who he is, yeah. As it should be, because it's, cause it's yeah, normal. Yeah, it's exactly. normal. Like, just, it like, some this families just, are just yeah. like that. Yeah, they never had, like, a special episode where, right. like, oh, Marco's hey, trying to, is... like, regain his roots and teach Star about <laughs> Mexico or anything like that. Like, yeah, like or, or not... like, he's upset about, like, not understanding his Mexican heritage. Like, there's mm. never anything, like, too hard about it. But I, I like that they just played it, like, yeah, like, Mexican-American like, yeah, people are everywhere. Be... Yeah, exactly. Especially, yeah. like, it's set in SoCal, so. Mm-hmm. I think that was really nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think right now we can uh, go into a little segment that we normally do where we have a bit of audience engagement if we have any questions. And on Twitter, uh, Towser's Factory asks, Hey, for Lorraine, your sense of color is incredible. What is your method for choosing certain color palettes and or how do you balance color so well in your pieces? Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I feel like I'm just kind of like freestyling with color, um, with like watercolors. Like I have like a palette. And, like, I chose one that has, like, really bright colors, so I just, I, I really like bright colors, so that's mm -hmm. how I'm choosing those. I'm, like, just kind of feeling it out, like, like colors that are opposite of each other, like, complementary, like, on the color wheel. Like, I like mixing those together, because I think it creates, like, more contrast. Mm -hmm. And I like, I like having colors that are kind of, like, pastel-ish. And then, like, for digital, like, I'm kind of thinking that same way, but overlays gradients like like a uh, layer styling like really helps like bring colors like to be more unified mm -hmm. and i feel like i'm more like because I, I use this antique but it's kind of older so the color isn't like the best on it mm -hmm. so i'm always checking like on my i bring it to like my my macbook monitor which has more natural colors or like how things will probably look mm -hmm. And then, like, sometimes, like, if I'm really feeling antsy about it, I'll, like, check on my phone to make sure it's something I like. I think it's just, like, sliding things around until you like uh, the color that's on there. And also just, like, I took a couple of painting classes, like, and they would go out and make us, like, paint in real life. Mm. And so just also collecting artwork of, like, people that you like. Just, like, find things that you really like and whatever draws you to it. Just, like, try to, like, understand or keep in mind, like, what's making it work. Right. Like, it's like, oh, if I really like the way this artist, like, works with, like, pastel colors, like, just look at it. Like, do they color the line art? Is, like, some of the inside of the line art colored? Like, how, like, sometimes, like, you'll look at something and you're like, if you just look at it at a glance, like, you just think, oh, yeah, that's a nice person. But then, like, if you look at it really closely, you're like, oh, they colored that person's skin kind of, like, like, actually pink mm. or something like that. Like, and just looking at how other people use color, like, helps me decide, like how to use color mm -hmm. yeah like, uh, the, examining the art literally like literally the mind of someone who's super uh, bomb at uh color styling like, that's yeah. amazing like i admire that skill so much because mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm personally not super great with color like i have to go check like on adobe cooler for things just to be like wait does that does that make sense yeah, i think you just <laughs> have to get like a little bit like 
I wish I was one of those people that just like kind of could naturally just like paint something beautiful, but I feel like it, it just... sounds like you naturally. I remember when, I, uh, when you're doing the stream for the pop gallery, I was just like, oh, this is, these are coming out great. She's just like doing it and talking to people at the same time. Yeah, like it, I think like with watercolor, like maybe like the palette is just like right there, so you mm. kind of have like a limited choice. I mean, I guess you could mm. make like the wrong decisions, mm -hmm. but there is no wrong decision in art. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you just true. have to, I don't know, just feeling it out, being a little bit like obsessive about like how you like. I have like an image in my head, and I'm like, I want it to look like that, and it doesn't ever come out like that. <laughs> but if I can get closer every time, I think that's like. Just think about it. That's beautiful. Just, That's just, awesome. Just look really hard at what you like and try to replicate it, I guess. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think that's good advice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think we're pretty much coming up to the end here. Any final thoughts for our listeners listening in? Mm -hmm. <laughs> believe in yourself. Believe in your dreams. <laughs> I believe in you. Hit <laughs> me up anytime if you need help. I, I can try. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and for people that want to hit you up, where can folks find you? Uh, I think on Instagram, I'm Lorraine Great, like it's G R A T E. Mm -hmm. And then uh, on Twitter, it's Rolaine Draws, like R O L L A I N E D R A W S. Like people in Japan kept on mixing the L's and the R's in Aww. my name up. So I was just like rolled with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm Rolaine now. <laughs> <on there. laughs> And uh, I have a website, it's like LorraineGreat.com, and that links to like all of my social media somewhere in there. Mm, awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yay, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I had a great time. Y'all are so cool. It was a pleasure. Oh, you're cool, and too. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>